Good evening and welcome to the June 28, 2023 meeting of the Montgomery County Historic Preservation Commission. My name is Bob Sutton and I'm the chair and I'd like for commission members and staff to introduce themselves starting on my left. Zara Nasser. <coughs> Jeffrey Hayes. Karen Burdett. Julie Pelletier. Michael Galway. Mark Dominiani. Michael Kine, Historic Preservation Staff. Rebecca Ballow, Historic Preservation Staff. And Dan Brucker, Historic Preservation Staff. Uh, we have a couple of uh, staff members uh, remote, which is absolutely fine tonight, and um, they will participate um, from a remote location. The first item on our agenda are historic area work permits. Have the work permits been advertised? Yes, they were advertised in the June 14th edition of the Washington Times. Thank you. If anyone is here to testify on any of the cases and you've not given um, our staff your um, speaker form, uh, we appreciate if you, could, if you could do that now. We will begin by um, looking at projects that we believe can be expedited, starting with project number 1B at 45 West Lenox Street, Chevy Chase, case number 1C at 7316 Carroll Avenue, Tacoma Park, um, case number 1E at 17 Magnolia Parkway, Chevy Chase, case number 1F at 19 Quincy Street, Chevy Chase, case number 1G at 8829 Hawkins Lane, Chevy Chase, case number 1H at 46 Grafton Street, Chevy Chase, case number 1I at uh, DeWitt Drive um, in, I believe that's in Silver Spring, and case number 1J at 7216 Maple Avenue. And I, oh, uh, there's another one. I'm sorry, I missed this last time, and I'm not gonna miss it this time. <laughs> A case that was postponed uh, from a previous meeting, case number 1D at 3947 Baltimore Street in Kensington. Mr. Chair, hearing no objections, I move that we approve the following historic area work permits in accordance with the staff reports based upon the record before us and in consideration of the recommendations of the local advisory panels, including any conditions recommended by staff. Hop number 1029-893 at 45 West Lenox Street, Chevy Chase. Hop number 1031-025 at 7316 Carroll Avenue, Tacoma Park. Hop number 1032-242 at 3947 Baltimore Street, Kensington. Hop number 103106 at 17 Magnolia Parkway, Chevy Chase. Hop number 103066 at 19 Quincy Street, Chevy Chase. Hop number 103348 at 8829 Hawkins Lane, Chevy Chase. Hop number 103398 and hop number 103253 at 46 Grafton Street, Chevy Chase. Um, hop number 103313 at Dewitt Drive, Silver Spring, uh, which is the National Park Seminary Historic District. And hop number 103643 at 7216 Mabel Avenue, Tacoma Park. Is there a second? Commissioner Haynes, I'll second. All in favor, signify by saying uh, Mr. aye. Chair, Mr. Chair, yes. before you um, vote, I just I, I wanted to point out one thing. Um, case 1C on Carroll Avenue, that actually has um, one hop pending. Um, we have a, a permit for the exterior alterations, but we also have a sign, and the applicant has not, I, not amended his hop um, to include that sign, so we have a, a second permit that's pending. We just want to note that for the record. So, case number 1C, we will we are voting on, if, as I understand it correctly, hop number 1031023, and that's it, correct? 025, I'm sorry, I can't read. <laughs> that's, is that correct? No, and, and a, and a um, 
a hop for a, a sign and and the permit number on that is just still pending oh the, okay so this we're approving if we vote to approve it we're approving the sign but we do not have a number to go with it at this point that will be okay Correct. thank you okay now that we understand this <laughs> all in favor signify by saying aye Aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you very much. We're glad to have projects uh, that we can easily approve that makes our lives much, much easier. The first case that we are hearing tonight is 8000 Hampton Lane in Bethesda, and is there a staff report? Uh, yes, there is, Mr. Chair. Um, Mr. Kine is going to, to drive this for us. So this is the subject property at 8000 Hampton Lane in Bethesda. You can go to the next slide, Michael. So it was constructed in 1937. It's part of the Greenwich Forest Historic District. And this is reviewed under the Greenwich Forest Design Guidelines, Chapter 24A, and the Secretary of the Interior Standards for Rehabilitation. Um, and when it was originally constructed, it was numbered at 7,300. So Greenwich Forest Historic District was developed in the 1930s as an auto-dependent suburb. There are 69 houses. They fall into three general styles, Colonial Revival, Tudor Revival, French Eclectic, and the district was added to the master plan in 2011. Uh, so going back a few months, in January, the HPC held a preliminary consultation to construct a detached garage at the subject property. The HPC found that the architectural vocabulary and materials were appropriate for the site and surrounding district. Um, however, the HPC generally concurred with staff's finding that the proposed garage was too massive and cl too close to the house to be compatible with the character of the site and surrounding district. Some of the uh, HPC recommended that eliminating the cross gable and installing a shed dormer on the rear roof slope would uh, benefit the design. And another commissioner recommended constructing a basement or partially sinking a portion of the building, which would enable uh, a lower overall height for the building. Next slide, please. So uh, the next several photos are just walking around the property to re-familiarize yourself with it. Keep it going. And this is the location where the, the garage will go, sort of in between the house and the two cars. And then this is further back um, from the intersection. And you'll just note that the house is oriented towards the intersection rather than towards either of the um, either York or Hampton Lane. So uh, the existing site plan includes uh, an enclosed garage and enclosed uh, a screened in porch or enclosed porch on the, the upper left. And the proposed garage is going to be um, to the west of the house which you see marked below in the lower right hand corner. Next slide. So these are just comparing uh, the proposed footprints of the uh, preliminary consultation and the hot proposal. So the building has been shortened by two feet. It went from 38 to 36 feet deep. Um, that also enabled the applicant to move the house two feet closer to the rear property line, which is why you now see that the um, garage is 11 feet, eight inches from the rear corner of the house. Next slide. So again, um, following along with one of the commissioner's recommendations, a large shed dormer uh, was uh, placed on the rear slope of the garage, which will limit its visibility from uh, Hampton Lane, certainly, and from most of York Lane as well. Next slide. And then a couple of the renderings of the proposal. Uh, again, just to note that Hampton Lane, uh, Greenwich Forest Historic District is the one district that identifies plantings as being an acceptable method of screening um, buildings and accessories. Uh, so that's something that should be should factor into the HPC's decision. Next slide, please. And again. Next slide, Michael. So staff finds the design guidelines are generally silent on detached garages except for lot coverage, um, but they have a mathematical 
formula which maximizes at either five or seven percent of the total lot. Um, because they're silent, staff finds that this should result in one of two outcomes. The garage should either be re reviewed under the guidelines for additions, or it should be considered one of the categories of work that states any permit sought for any situation not specifically covered by these principles and guidelines shall be deemed to have an insignificant effect on the historic resource and must be approved by the decision-making body. Staff finds that the guidelines waive all review of detached garages, but applies moderate scrutiny to attached garages um, is not an intended consequence by the drafters, regardless. Um, chapter 24 applied, Chapter 24A applies to all HOP applications. Uh, so staff finds that the garage replacement is incompatible with the settlement pattern of the district, as it will visually crowd the historic house and is too close to the street. It's only set back 15 feet from the street. Uh, the historic district was established uh, as to preserve a neighborhood well known for its extraordinary landscape, finely designed and sited houses and overall beauty. And while staff finds the proposed structure is smaller than the guideline maximum and the proposal and it's smaller than the proposal submitted for the preliminary consultation, staff finds a large amount of structure visible from Hampton and York intersection detracts from the character of the district. Because the proposed garage visually crowds the house and is too close to the street, staff finds the proposed placement contravenes Chapter 24A8, B1 and 2, and Standard 9. Next slide, please. So staff finds the footprint of the proposed garage is too, loud, uh, too large to be compatible with the character of the house and surrounding district, even though it's within the 7% lot coverage maximum, which is in guideline D5 of the design guidelines. So uh, what you see in front of you are several garages that have been reviewed and approved by the HPC. Um, I, I uh, neglected to include 7817 Hampton Lane in the staff report. Uh, that was actually the first garage that was reviewed in the Greenwich Forest Historic District. But what you can see is that uh, the approved garages range from under 300 feet, under 300 square feet to just over 600 square feet. Um, and the proposed garage is, is more than 850 square feet. Uh, the second uh, indication is that the distance from the street ranges from a 50-foot setback um, at 7817 Hampton Lane, which again is a side projecting addition, to 125 feet setback uh, from 7828 Hampton Lane, whereas the subject garage is only 15-foot setback from the, the right-of-way. So staff finds that the garage will be highly visible from the right-of-way and its footprint is approximately 30% of the existing house. Next slide, please. So staff is concerned that the large garage massing creates an appearance that's too large to be compatible with the character of the district. At the 15-foot setback along York, York Lane, the garage presents a 19-foot, 8-inch tall wall. And staff finds the garage is located too close to the house so that it visually crowds the historic construction. Uh, the proposal places the house at 11 feet 8 inches from the rear corner of the house. Uh, and staff finds that the revised roof shape has placed more of the mass away from the house and in a less visible location from the right of way, but still finds that the mass overwhelms the historic house character in violation of standards 2 and 9. Next slide, please. So staff finds that the changes from the preliminary consultation are in keeping with the HPC's feedback, but finds that the changes do not go far enough to satisfy the requisite guides. Staff finds the proposed garage is out of size, scale, and mass with the subject property and the character of the surrounding district and recommends that the HPC deny the HOP as prescribed in 24A8A for violating 24A8B1 and 2 and standards 2 and 9. And I'm happy to answer any questions the commissioners have. Any questions for staff? Commissioner Burdett. Um, the... You mentioned that the garage is 30% of the existing house uh, square footage. Um, or, yeah, footprint is 30%. Does that 30% include the, the former attached garage that was enclosed to make living space? So that, that's an approximation, but it is an approximation of the existing footprint. So that includes the captured on um, the, the northeast corner of the house, there's an enclosed porch that's, that was captured space. So it's, um, that is by uh, footprint of the building. Um, 
included as it's built today. Um, additionally, uh, refresh my memory about uh, the January uh, hearing when we were the preliminary. What was the reason the house was not, or I'm sorry, the garage was not pushed for, further back into the backyard so it would not be as visible from the front of the house? From the, the, um, the, that was the applicant's proposal. Okay, thank you. Any other questions for staff? If not, I would invite the owner, um, I believe the owner, uh, Chuen Yan Lao, to come forward. And um, if you could come and uh, turn on the microphone, I see that there's more than one. So if you all could introduce yourselves, um, speak into the microphone so that we have you on record. And uh, you will have a cumulative time of seven minutes to do your presentation. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, isn't it on? It's, it should be on, yes. Okay, thank you, Chair Sutton. My name is Chun Yan Lao. I'm one of the co-owners of the home. My name is Mariam Tabrizci, Eliban Architecture, the architect of the project. Hello, my name is Adam Schroer. I'm another co-owner of the home. And we have a, a PowerPoint presentation that I think the staff was going to drive for us. Thank you. Is this close enough to the mic for you to be picked up by? We can, we can hear you fine. Okay. Thank you. Just a quick question. Do you know what the title of your presentation was? Um, ah, can you see it? I see the one. Michael, it's in that folder. It's in this folder? Okay. That says additional info for 8,000. There we go. Okay, we have three. Which one would you like to start with? It's no, a it's a power. It's not one of these. These were the. Um, it says, yes, that's it. That's it, the second line. Yeah, it should be a, a, a PDF, not a PowerPoint. A PDF? It's a PDF, Jinyan. Okay. okay, so it's probably one of these because the one that you've indicated is actually the staff's presentation. So it's one of these or Michael, why don't you bring them all up? Michael, okay. why don't you bring them all all up? Got it. Yeah, that was just part of the package of our original um, submission, but there's a separate um, it's a PowerPoint presentation that was changed to PDF and sent in. But I have it on uh, memory stick if you need me to just give the memory stick to you. We have it. We'll we'll get it up. I'm so sorry. Just one moment. That's all right. Is it this one? No. This one? No. This is just extra images. If it could be helpful, we can just pause for one moment. Um, and the staff will locate it.
like to share. Next slide, please. How's that? Okay, I'll, I'll start over so you can hear. So I was just saying that we appreciate the staff's time and effort in reviewing our project, but we have a different perspective on our proposal that we would like to share. Next slide, please. Our proposal is for a single accessory structure consisting of a detached two-car garage with space for a workshop. The proposed design of the accessory structure addresses current Montgomery County building requirements and the principles delineated in Greenwich Forest Historic District's guidelines. Next slide, please. Based on our assessment of 63 contributing homes in Greenwich Forest, 26 have garages visible from the street. Five garages, two one-car and three two-car garages were added after Greenwich Forest became historic. Based on our review of recent HAWPs, the design and scope of our proposal is consistent with others endorsed by the HPC for Greenwich Forest. We understand that the HPC is not bound by precedent. However, we thought it would be helpful to present several examples of recent projects that have been granted HAWPs to provide additional context in considering the acceptability of our proposal. Next slide, please. These are two examples of garage-related projects in Greenwich Forest that were granted HAWPs. On the left is an example of a two-story detached garage with living space, which is visible from the public right-of-way. The top photo is a street view, and the bottom is a view of the structure from the backyard. On the right is an example of an attached two-story garage with living space also visible from the public right-of-way. The top photo is the home before construction, and the bottom photo is the home after construction was completed. Next slide, please. The final example we're sharing is from one large-scale construction project granted an HAWP in 2021. The top photo is the home before construction, and the bottom left photo highlights a new two-story side addition and new attic dormers. The bottom middle photo highlights the construction of a detached garage, and the bottom right photo highlights construction of a large rear addition. All of this construction is visible from the public right-of-way, and the construction accounts for an approximately 200% increase in lot coverage. Next slide, please. We propose to construct an accessory structure at the rear of our home using the existing driveway as access. Per Greenwich Forest guidelines, property owners have additional flexibility to make extensive, more extensive changes to the parts of their houses that are less visible from the public right-of-way in front of their houses. The limited portion of our accessory structure visible from a front-facing view will be obscured with existing and additional plantings, and the ridge line of the structure will be lower than that of the house and the garage doors not visible from the front of the house. The driveway ends, I'm sorry, the driveway begins at the end of a dead-end street, which is York Lane, that has minimal foot traffic and car traffic limited only to our home and one neighbor's home who has endorsed this project. Behind York Lane is a non-historic neighborhood. Next slide, please. This is an overhead photograph of our home indicated with a red balloon in the surrounding neighborhood. The proposed accessory structure is pictured in blue. We propose to place the structure 15 feet set back from York Lane. The driveway is at the end of a dead, dead end of York Lane, which is 130 feet set back from Hamden Lane, which is the right of way, way in front of our home. Also notable, the dead end of York forms the border of the historic district. Additional plantings, which are represented by green dots in the photo, will further screen the visible portion of the structure from Hamden and York Lanes. Next slide, please. This photo highlights the location of our existing driveway, which is at the dead end of York Lane. As evidenced by the photo, there are already existing plantings that obscure the view from the street, and these will be augmented with additional evergreen trees. This will only allow the structure to be seen if you are standing in front of our driveway at the dead end of York Lane. Also, as noted, the neighborhood behind York Lane is not a historic neighborhood. Next slide, please. Our preliminary HPC consultation took place in January 25th, 2023. The commissioners found that the design and materials of the proposed structure were in keeping with the character of the house in the historic district. The commissioners also found that the position of the proposed structure with respect to its proximity to York Lane was acceptable noting that York Lane dead ends at our rear property line and the rear property line abuts a non-historic district. Also, this location minimizes the addition of new impermeable hardscaping and conserves green space consistent with the Greenwich Forest Historic 
District's principles A1 and D8. Next slide. This is a photo of the green space in our backyard we're trying to preserve. Next photo, next slide. Similarly, these photos show views of the green space from the bay windows and picture windows in the office and kitchen, respectively. Next slide. The HPC did provide recommendations with respect to reducing the mass and footprint of the structure, and we made the following substantive design revisions based on the HPC's input. The rear cross gable was eliminated and the shed dormer was relocated to the rear roof slope of the accessory structure. As the HPC suggested, this revision simplified the visual mass and relocated a significant portion of the roof mass to a location not visible from the house or surrounding district. As the commissioners noted, the neighborhood immediately behind 8,000 Hampton is not historic. The length of the structure was reduced by two feet, allowing us to move the structure further from the original house and decreasing the mass of the structure. Next slide. This is a photograph of the original design. These schematics display our design prior to the preliminary HPC consultation. And as indicated by the red arrows in the top right diagram, the original design included a rear cross gable, a shed dormer facing the backyard, and two dormer windows. Next slide, please. These schematics display our current proposal based on input from the HPC. As indicated by the red arrows, the current proposal eliminates the front window dormers and the rear cross gable, relocates the shed dormer to the rear roof slope, and reduces the length of the structure by two feet. These revisions decrease the visible mass of the structure and allow us to move the structure further from the house. And final slide. In conclusion, adding an accessory structure with a two-car garage and workshop would be consistent with the Greenwich Forest guidelines and with HAWP's previously endorsed by the HPC for the Greenwich Forest Historic District. The commissioners previously found the position of the proposed structure with respect to its proximity to York Lane to be acceptable, and we've made substantive design revisions to decrease the mass and footprint of the structure based on the HPC's preliminary recommendations. And we propose to augment our existing plantings to further obscure the limited portion of the accessory structure visible from a front-facing view. Next slide. Thank you for your time, and we're happy to answer any questions that you have. Amazing. Seven minutes right on the dot. Thank you so much. <laughs> Any questions for the owners? No? Okay. Thank you very much. Thank really you very appreciate much. appreciate it. Um, okay. At this point, we'll begin our deliberations. Would anyone like to kick off? Commissioner Burdett. It was, it was a very informative uh, presentation you made. Um, it did bring up a few questions for me. Um, one, all the examples that you provided. I know that we have had um, um, garages come through, you know, do, new garages come through um, in the last four years. Um, but I believe most of them were garages on the ground floor. They did not include then a, a um, workshop area in addition on the ground floor, the main floor, in addition to the garage itself. Most of them had uh, workout space or living space or whatever on the second floor. And then also most of the garages that you gave as examples are behind the house and further away from the street, um, which has, I know, played into some of the, the thoughts and decisions that we've made. Um, the, the massing has been reduced, um, which we appreciate. Um, and the, the, and we appreciate, I appreciate you putting in the the dormer towards the back of the property. That also, I think, worked well. Um, I guess my take on this is um, your house is not one of the larger houses in Greenwich Village. And you have a tremendously large front yard that you can't do much with simply because of the placement of the house. Um, I, 
I guess I would support this project. I think the street, the front facing elevation facing the, the circle, I know it's gonna be behind the, the screening, but it's still not very attractive. Um, it's basically you've got a pair of French doors, one window, and then another door for the garage. And it just, it's, the elevation is just not an attractive elevation, even if it is supposed to be screened. Um, you do have to keep in mind that while you plant the shrubs, someone, some future user may cut them down. And there's nothing any of us can, uh, that they would have to come before us to take the trees yes, down. Yes. Okay. And also, there's going to be quite a lot of time before whatever you plant is large enough to actually screen. Depends on the size of the tree. Yeah, depends on the size of the tree. But short of spending a great deal of money getting very large trees and getting them planted, um, it's going to be quite a while before those pines screen that garage, and I think that's worth keeping in mind. Um, so those are some of my thoughts. I don't remember what your your workshop, what your your workshop is for. It's art, correct? Well, I do some woodworking, and, and currently my tools are all crammed in the basement, which makes them unusable. He does not let me turn them on because it makes dust and clogs up the system. And to use the table saws or carry out a lathe or bring out one of the chop saws mm -hmm. requires me to actually remove the door from the basement and get someone else out, to out help me carry it up. And it doesn't really fit outside. Plus, when you build something, you have to also get it out of the basement. So so it's really difficult. And I, I, I desperately need a workshop space um, mm -hmm. for the woodworking, which would be on the first floor. And then I do some metal work also, which is important for repairing the copper work on the house. I mean, the woodwork you need mm -hmm. to help make the furniture and do moldings and repair things. For, for metal work, I use some torches. Right, right now, it's usually acetylene or then oxyacetylene if you need to cut things. But that requires ventilation and space, and you certainly cannot do that in the basement without risking an explosion. So I need to have space to do that. Okay. Uh, well, that's that's interesting. Um, I would. This is nothing that we would uh, weigh in on, but just I'm an architect, so I tend to do make suggestions like this. You need to consider the acoustical properties of your envelope, including the windows, because you'll even if the neighbor behind neighbors behind you aren't historic, uh, they'll be bearing the brunt of the noise. But in general, I, I support this. Anyone else? Commissioner Pelletier. Oh, thanks, Commissioner Pelletier. Um, is, I, I appreciate the changes that you made to the, to the massing and to the dormer. I think that's all great. I just would love to push it a little bit more into your property. Um, I know you've got it on the property line. I, I assume that's probably uh, meets zoning. But just in the case of even even in the the rendering where you've got the trees up um, in front of it, it's still I really feel like the whole thing would benefit from just being pushed back from the street a little bit. Um, but other than that, I could support it. I think you've you've made changes based on our suggestions and I appreciate that and you I know I understand you are limited in what you can do with the site based on like um, Commissioner Burdett said where the house is located but I still would love to just have it I mean you made it two feet shorter if you could just push it two feet back from the street there's just it, it's so prominent um, and I I think even with the with the screening, it's still going to be kind of prominent. So that's really my only issue. Um, I, I think the rest of it, it, it works pretty well, and it is smaller. And so I could support it with the minor location change. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh. May I respond? Sure. Okay. Yes, Thank you, you for that suggestion. <laughs> oh, what's uh, that? You you can. Sorry. That's that's fine. <laughs> I can let you talk. I don't I don't have to <laughs> respond and interrupt you if you would prefer. No, go ahead. Okay, great. Um, thank you for that comment. We, we actually strongly considered that 
um, we took that into account as, as a possibility. One of the strong recommendations from the previous, the preliminary consultation was not to crowd the house. Um, so we kept it as far from the house as possible, which included keeping it at the site that the commissioners supported during the preliminary consultation, which was 15 feet from York Lane. So we were hoping that you would actually like that position uh, because it does less crowding of the house and it's less close to the primary structure. Yeah, I think, I mean, one of the, the main issues, and you can kind of see it on this drawing, is that the home office, I mean, that's probably where I spend, you know, like all of my time because we work predominantly from home. So if moving the structure back, it essentially, I end up looking into kind of the wall of the structure. If that's really pushed back much further, it's already, based on the way the window is, it's already a visual obstruction kind of even where it is. So that's another reason that we were trying not to push it back and and push into the, also also use the green space of the yard. Because right now the other portion of that, of that area is already paved. Like that's a that's a parking pad in front of it in the driveway. So it wouldn't be an additional hardscaping to to do it here except for the footprint of the structure. Any other comments? <laughs> okay. Comment. <laughs> um, Commissioner Haynes. Are the, are the zoning setbacks guided by Montgomery County or Greenwich Village? Montgomery County? Mm -hmm. They're the county setbacks. And you've confirmed them because isn't a corner lot, you have two front yard setbacks, so the York Lane side would have the same setback as the uh, Hampton Lane? Is this R60? Oh, okay. Yeah, the setbacks are confirmed. Civil engineer, Cassie Engineering confirmed the setbacks, and I double-checked those, so okay. they are confirmed. Thank we you. also confirmed with the county we have had some emails with them as backup. Sorry. Okay. Thank you. No more questions. Deliberation. <laughs> Anybody else like to have a comment? Okay. Do I have a motion? Yes, give me a minute while I pull this together. Take your time. Yeah. Okay. I move that this is Commissioner Burdett. I move that the Historic Preservation Commission, in accordance with the standards set forth in Section 24A of the Montgomery County Code, approve HOP number 1029531 at 8000 Hamden Lane, Bethesda, in the uh, Greenwich Forest Historic District, and um, I do this not in support of the staff's recommendations and rationale, um, but my uh, I find the project is consistent with 24A8B um, the number Five, the owner will not be deprived of reasonable, okay. Um, the owner will not be deprived of reasonable use or suffer undue hardship. And um, the Secretary of the Interior Standards for Rehabilitation, number two, the character will be preserved, materials, features, and spatial relationships need to be retained, and new additions do not destroy the historic material property and new construction is differentiated from the historic property. Would anyone like to offer a second? This is Commissioner Pelletier, I'll second. I would like to do a, a roll call vote starting on my left, uh, either yes or no or yay or nay. Yes. And give your name as you give your vote. <laughs> I rushed into it. Uh, Zara Nasser, Commissioner Nasser, yes. Commissioner Haynes, yes. Commissioner Burdett, yes. Commissioner Pelletier, yes. Commissioner Galway, yay. Commissioner Dimignani, yay. And Commissioner Sutton, yay. Thank you so much. <laughs>
<laughs> Believe it. <laughs> You're welcome. The second project we'll hear tonight is one uh, K Beach Drive and Rockville Pike. And do we have a staff report? This is a master plan site. Uh, we do, Mr. Chair, we'll let Mr. Kine get set up for this. Oh, there we go. Uh, so this is the historic area work permit at the Linden Oak master plan site, which is at the intersection of Beach. Dan, if you can hear us, we lost the audio on you. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Is it back? Please tell me it's back. You got Hold on one second. Let's we can, we can right. hear you. Okay, fantastic. Um, so this is the historic area work permit at the Linden Oak Master Plan site. Um, just to sort of uh, provide you with a little bit of additional information, on the left you see the oak when it was healthy about seven years ago, and this is in its current condition on the right. Uh, next slide, please, Michael. So the tree is approximately 300 years old, and when it was healthy, it had a five-foot diameter and a 132-foot wide crown. The tree's health has degraded over the last several years and is now dead. Uh, much of the canopy was actually cut down earlier. Uh, so Montgomery, Montgomery Parks seeks approval to remove the tree, and to mitigate the loss of the tree, the applicant proposes to retain the bottom 20 feet of the trunk and the two historic markers on site use salvaged wood for a sculpture and to process any usable wood into lumber to be sold at the Montgomery Parks urban wood sale. So staff find that the tree is dead and needs to be cut down before it becomes a public hazard per 24A8B4. Um, because the oak is the reason for designating the site, staff recommends the HPC include a condition for the approval that delegates staff approval authority for all hops at the Linden Oak Master Plan uh, site until the County Council considers an amendment to the Master Plan of Historic Preservation to remove the resource. And the reason that we thought it was important to hold a hearing on this is because the Linden Oak is the reason for the Master Plan designation. And I think that's it. I will answer any questions that the HPC has for me at this time. I have any questions for staff? Commissioner Burdett. If, let's see, so the Linden Oak is gone. It needs to be obviously cut down and it will eventually be reviewed to remove the site from the master plan for historic preservation because there won't be anything left. But once, I understand that it is park property, but is there any risk that that property could be developed commercially because the historic tree is no longer there. So therefore, the need to protect that corner of the park is no longer necessary? I, I'm, I think that's a question better aimed at the applicant, but because of um, its proximity to, or proximity to the intersection, um, to the current zoning, um, to the fact that it is parkland, uh, you know, I mean, parks would have to either uh, develop it themselves or or sell it to somebody else to to make that happen. And I think that's just that's that's speculation that we don't have an answer for. Thank you, Commissioner Pelletier. Uh, thanks. Why are they saving twenty feet? Of the tree. Um, again, I think that's better directed at, at the applicant, um, but I think that's to retain as much of the tree and and um, to try and mitigate the loss of of the tree to the greatest extent possible. Um, it's it's a massive tree, so they're they're able to do this for a while. Eventually, it will rot, but. Um, you know, again, the, the steps that when when we heard this was coming in, we were thinking about all of the, the mitigating steps that we could consider for parks to undertake. And basically, they ticked off all of the boxes um, in their application. So I, I think that it was just 
for they they were sort of hoping to preserve as much as they can for as long as they can, even though you know the crown is gone and and the rest of the tree will be removed as part of this. But the but the historic designation is going to be well in the process it will be removed eventually, right? We don't know. Well, I mean that, that is not a question we can answer at this point, right? Oh. Is that correct? It will still be designated unless county council de-designates it. Yes, it, it will remain designated until such time as the county council deems it so. And and again, that um, the delisting process is the same as the listing process. So that would begin with the Historic Preservation Commission. So it would be a, a delisting would come to you before it came to anybody else. Um, and for however long that takes, the staff recommended condition is that we have the authority to approve hops there. So um, Montgomery Parks doesn't have to, to slow down their work. And there is, you know, again, Montgomery Parks is going to retain the historic markers in their location. So, you know, our, our, um, our concern or, or, or our recommendation in that is just to ease the, the burden on both the HPC and staff for hops that will, you know, can be approved as a matter of course because they're not affecting the historic thing that um, was the reason for the master plan listing. Okay, thanks. Any other questions for staff? If not, I would invite the um, Representative Coulter Burks to come forward. And if you if you could state your name for the record in the microphone, and uh, if you would like to do a presentation, you'll have seven minutes. Or if you would prefer to answer questions, that would be fine as well. There's that one. Perfect. So my name is Coulter Burke, Senior Urban Forester with Montgomery Parks. Um, so I don't have a formal presentation. Um, I would prefer to just go right to questions. I feel like the presentation that Doug gave was pretty adequate to see the condition of the tree. So um, I'd be happy to talk about the project more um, that we plan to do with the tree. Um, the linden oak is obviously a tree that's very, been very important for um, the community in Montgomery County um, and the Parks Department. And, We've been taking care of the tree for a very long time. Before I was here, um, we've cared for the tree. We've, you know, we've done a lot of things to it, mulch it, to uh, keep the soil healthy around it. We put cables in it to try to support the decayed structure of the branches and crown. We put lightning protection in it. We've done pruning on it. So it's a, care, a tree that we've cared for for a long time. It's been important to us. So, you know, um, the fact that it's died so rapidly, you know, we thought that. Um, we could have left it there, but we thought um, since um, by reusing the wood, it's a great way to kind of memorialize the tree um, and also kind of become sort of a part of a living history where we can turn it into a sculpture that people can enjoy in the public and also um, at our urban wood sale, um, public can come and buy some of the wood and then turn it into art or carpentry in their own home. And we plan to advertise the wood as a historic tree, that coming from a historic tree. So. It's a great way for people to say, hey, you know, I have a piece of history right here, and it's a way for it to live on in like an oral tradition. So um, the community, um, Parkwood community, actually um, came to us about that, well, it came to the county council about it, um, who contacted us, and they wanted to try to reuse the wood um, in a way, and um, we thought that was a really good idea. Um, and so that's what we plan to do um, if it's approved for removal. Any questions for staff, or for, yeah, for not for staff, <laughs> for Mr. Uh, Burks, Commissioner, Commissioner Pelletier. Uh, thanks, so I'm curious about why you're leaving 20 foot of the tree, and what are you gonna do with it? Is it gonna be sculpted? Is it gonna, like, or yeah. is it just gonna be sitting there, this like chopped off tree? Yeah, um, so we, yeah, that was kind of, we went through a long process to try to figure out what to best do with the tree, um, because it does have a lot of decay in the tree and there's a lot of rotten wood in there. Um, and we thought about carving the trunk, but we had an artist that we were gonna contract with and and he was like, you don't know where you're gonna get when you try to carve it. And so um, we thought a better idea would be was to use kind of the upper canopy where we think there's some solid wood 
and leave the trunk because the trunk is really impressive. It's a very large tree, so it's kind of cool um, to leave there so that the markers are there as well. Um, <coughs> people can come to see it because even though it's not there anymore, just seeing like the size of it is really impressive. And we thought it was really cool to leave it there, so it's sort of a memorial for the tree, and it also you know, it becomes habitat for wildlife and eventually it will rot down. Um, but it's just really impressive and we we're like, there's no reason to cut it down to the ground. Um, it'll be safe when we leave it for a while um, there. And so that was the main reason to have something that was still on site um, that that people could still come and see. Because we mow around it currently. We're not mowing now as much because it's a hazard for the folks to be under mowing. but. We do mow underneath it, and we plan to do some mulching around there. So it would still be a, a, a site of interest. Okay, thanks. Any other questions? Commissioner Haynes. How far is 20 feet? Is it up where the main limbs start to? Yeah, so it may be. It actually may be more than 20 feet. That was kind of an approximation, but kind of right where you can see where the two large limbs join the main trunk. Mm -hmm. that it's approximately there. Um, mm -hmm. that, that lead on, um, on the left that goes off this way is actually not there anymore. It fell off. Um, so it's approximately down there. So it may be like 20, 25. I'm not sure what we'll to figure out also when we're cutting it where it makes sense to remove it because um, when we're removing it, some stuff may fall too. So okay. it'll be sort of a, call, a judgment call when we're on site. Okay. I mean, I, I appreciate the sculptural nature of of the tree and the idea of keeping um, a portion of it in its memory, I think, is a nice idea. Um, so, yeah, I generally would support it. Yeah, and we tried it. We were going to keep, we were going to do a carving and leave it on site, but um, there's not a lot of people that go there now, so I don't think a lot of people would enjoy it. So we decided to move it off site. So, but yeah, I think I think it's still a really interesting tree, even. When the canopy's gone, it'll be a neat place to go. So. Another question for Mr. Burks? Commissioner Galway. Commissioner Galway. Did you give any thought um, to possibly maybe planting a, a, a tree in its place to memorialize it? Yeah, sure. We definitely have thought, talked about maybe planting another tree um, at that site. Um, there is, you know, the road and the sidewalk that are there. Um, but I think there's opportunity to plant some more there as well. There, there's currently a large white oak that's behind it. Um, I don't, you can probably see it there on the picture where it's dead. Um, you can see the large oak that's back there, um, which if we plant it, we could plant more toward the open area. But definitely replanting in there would be a good idea for sure. Yeah. Any other questions? Okay. Oh, whoa, whoa. Commissioner Pelletier. I'm just reiterating uh, Commissioner Burdett's question. This is parkland, right? Mm -hmm. So this is part of Rock Creek Park. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're going to put an office building up on this no, little know. piece of land. Cause no. Isn't it? It's just kind of a... Yeah, it's kind of a small thing. And the county, the, or the right-of-way comes partially into it, but not quite to the tree. And... Um, it's right next to a stream. There's a stream that runs right on the backside oh, okay. of it, uh -huh. which is really close. So I'm sure that's within the stream uh, buffer as well there. So, um, and it's on parkland in a stream valley. So I can't imagine any area is going to be developed through there. Okay, great, thanks. Roberta. Um, so looking at the, the aerial shot, there's like, there's a sidewalk, but there's no, really way to get to the sidewalk unless you're coming from north, right? I mean, there's no parking, there's no access, right? right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's not like, unless somebody's walking their dog all the way down from whatever's north of there, um, there's no way for, for anybody to really get to the site to have, like, even a memorial plaque would require a hike to see it, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the plaques that are there are currently are like by, right by the sidewalk. So mm -hmm. if you were on the sidewalk walking from Rockville Pike, that's where the plaques are currently. Yeah, but there's no real access down there. I mean, the path ends right at um, Rock Creek and then it, right at Beach Drive and then it crosses right there. Mm -hmm. So there's a crosswalk right there. So, I mean, it's really it's accessible, you know, if you're walking near it. So you can just 
walk from the sidewalk, but there's no like path right next to it. There's a small like parking pull off that's just uh, south of it on Beach Drive where you can park and walk across if you wanted to. But um, but yeah, but it's, it's kind of part of the trail though. So that's why you would, you would have to access it through the trail. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Any other questions? If not, I would welcome deliberate. Well, actually, I'm going to start this one myself. <laughs> um, in Oregon, we call this kind of tree a widowmaker, and uh, I think it's uh, it's it's dangerous. I mean, it's it could it could, and I think we need to t take care of this very quickly. Um, and I think what you're doing is is a, personally, I think it's very appropriate, um, and I think. Uh, the, mo the main thing is to get it down and uh, do what you're planning to do, and so that's what I think we should do here. Anybody else? Commissioner Dimiani. Thank you. This is Commissioner Dimiani. I think I could support this as well. Uh, it's a site I'm familiar with, and actually, I'd just like to provide commentary on that part of Peach Drive. As though, although there's not that much parking, it's a, an area that a lot of people walking, biking, uh, pass by constantly. And I think that uh, viewing part of the stream there, and as well as, as the tree, is a, is a site that a lot of people. I know I pass there on my bike a couple times a week. Uh, you know, biking on Peach Drive. It's a really well-loved tree and a well-loved site, and I'm glad that. We're removing the Widowmaker, but also keeping some of the signage and stuff. It is important. Uh, an area where I grew up on the eastern shore in Maryland, there was a famous tree, the largest white oak in the country, called the Wye Oak, um, which uh, uh, came down in a thunderstorm in 02, I think, but uh, ultimately was processed. Some of the wood was saved and used for things like memorial pens and some furniture and stuff. And so I think all of the ideas you have, um, uh, a way to preserve pieces of the linden oak, whatever the wood uh, is not rotten, is great. So I could find myself supporting this uh, very easily. And, and thanks for coming. Commissioner Galway. Commissioner Galway. Um, I also agree that trying to salvage the wood and reuse that is, is a wonderful thing. Um, I'm, I really want to like the idea of, of cutting, cutting the, you know, leaving the 20 feet, but I think the devil's in the details. So, so for me to support it, I'd have to see this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have a situation, actually I live in Rockville, and there's a nearly dead tree that's probably about 20 feet tall in the house next to me and it's an absolute eyesore mm -hmm. and so I can't get that out of my head you know yeah. so I'm so I think seeing how you do it I think it could be done if it's done well I think it would be a great a, a great you know the markers and and you know it could be done well but I just I, I think I have to see it to to, mm -hmm. to make sure that it, you know it. It, it makes sense rather than than to re remove it entirely and have markers talking about it mm -hmm. and, uh, so just yeah. that's my only comment thanks yeah and sure and, and like and I agree um if it's in like a more developed area we remove trees a lot in the parks and um if it was in an area where there there was a big aesthetic component that was a part of it, then it may not be appropriate. Um, but one of the reasons we are going to leave it for memorial, but also because it is a part of the stream valley, so you know, leaving habitat. A lot of a lot of uh, the public when we remove trees, especially like along Beach Drive or um, Sligo Creek, um, they always want us to leave snags from the dead trees that we remove that are safety hazards because. They want to leave them for wildlife, so that's like a recurring comment that we get from from the public when we're removing hazard trees. And so, um, I think this location it also plays into the habitat because it's it's got a lot of rot in it. Um, so you know it'll be there for a while, but it's going to deteriorate pretty quickly, um, and especially if you know over time. So it you know it's not like it would be there for a long time, um, and it does play into the environmental setting. So that's the main reason that we decided to leave it also. Anyone else? This is Commissioner Burdett. I, I support this, you know, cutting the tree down and also reusing the wood. I was sitting here doing the math, and it if it's 270 years old, that puts it back to 1753, give or take a few years. About as old as I am. <laughs> or at least, yeah. <laughs> um, but it really, what it really made me think of all the different people or groups that have witten have been around that tree you know they they wouldn't have acknowledged it as anything other than just another tree in its time you know in their time but when you think back that far possibly a native american group and certainly early settlers and certainly enslaved people and then 
the like as it says in the report, the 1920s estate era and the arrival of of, of, of cars, and then later um, the metro, and just all those different groups that were there that the tree witnessed, I guess I should say, not the people saw, but the tree witnessed. And it would be interesting to find some way uh, to represent those people mm -hmm. in a sculptural form, since mm -hmm. tonight both of our uh, uh, hops have been related and somewhat to sculpture or artwork. Um, but yes, I support this. So, I think, or well, I appreciate that input because um, we're still working out what kind of design because we don't know what the wood's going to look like exactly. So that input is good because we're figuring out what design would yeah. look like. So I appreciate that input to uh, we can use as we're trying to figure out what the carving should be. I'm, I'm not sure you should be limited. Use the wood in the best way that it can be used, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure you should be limited to wood if you did a representational sculptural thing like that mm -hmm. simply because people move past that site. Mm -hmm. in vehicles and on bikes and mm -hmm. walking and it's it's you know to stop and read may not be the most uh, uh, lasting impression mm -hmm. that someone would have um, and that would be very few as opposed to the type of movement that as having been through that intersection many many times yeah. and you're just kind of focusing on the traffic and the yeah. lights and everything else where something um, more representational as a passing image might be more appropriate and that probably wouldn't be wood, it would be some other material. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that's just what I thought. But yeah. yes, I support this. Thank yeah. you. Else? I would welcome a motion. This is Commissioner Burdett. I move that the Historic Preservation Commission, in accordance with the standards set forth in Section 24A of the Montgomery County Code, approve HOP number 1034418, um, the Linden Oak at Beach Drive and Rockville Pike Master Plan Site number 30-14. Um, and I hereby adopt the rationale in the staff report which I have it on the screen in front of you. Oh, yeah, thank you. Okay. Yeah, the, um, the rationale, the, the tree is dead and needs to be cut down before it becomes a public hazard, which is 24A8B4. And the recommendation that includes a condition to the hop that delegates staff approval authority for all hops at the Linden Oak Master Plan site until the county council considers an amendment to the master plan of historic preservation to remove the resource. Second. This is Commissioner Dominiani. I'll second. Thank you. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Thank you very much. Project is approved. Next item on the agenda are historic preservation tax credits, group five. Uh, yes, thank you. We have Group 5 of the calendar year 2022 tax credits. Group 5 includes eight applications uh, consisting of approximately $130,405.32 in eligible expenditures. And we're asking that you approve these. Thank you. Do I have a motion for approval? This is Commissioner Burdett. I make the motion that we approve the Historic Preservation Tax Credits uh, Group Number Five. Second. <coughs> Commissioner Galway. Second. Okay. Oh, sorry. oh, we got competing sorry. competing seconds, seconds here. <laughs> um, I will accept Commissioner Galway's second. All in favor, say aye. 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 And as usual we will collect all of the um, all the tax credits in one package when they're completed and submit them to the county um, I can't remember which office it's uh, the Department of Finance we'll have a Department final Department vote to transmit them to the right department. and we have several more that are coming from what I understand yes okay thank you next item is um, minutes um, I read the minutes they look fine 
I move that we approve them. This is Commissioner Burdett. I second the motion. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. Any commission items? Any staff items? No staff items, Chair Sutton. Thank you. With that, our meeting is adjourned. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Good night.